welcome to Themis Podcasts. Themis is a risk management firm specialising in financial crime. Our aim of these podcasts is to bring you interesting news, interviews and recordings of our exclusive events from the world of financial crime. Illegal logging at the nexus of climate change and financial crime. In this podcast, Carol Van Randwick, Themis's Chief Growth Officer, speaks to Mark Jessel, Chief System Integrity Officer at the Forest Stewardship Council, FSC, to discuss what can be done to increase the sustainability of forestry and reduce illegal logging, and how firms can ensure they are not unwittingly exposed through their supply chains. Hello everyone, welcome to the Themis Financial Crime Podcast. Today's session is about sustainable and illegal logging, where sustainability and ESG meets financial crime. Deforestation and forest degradation, according to a study by Interpol, contribute anywhere between 6 and 17% of global carbon emissions to the atmosphere. Without addressing deforestation and forest degradation, it will not be possible to mitigate the negative impacts of climate change. There is also a close link between illegal logging and the illegal wildlife trade as they share the same networks, transport, financial, and bribery and corruption. And illegal logging results in destruction of critical habitats required for rare species to live and survive. My name is Carl Van Randwick, Themis Chief Growth Officer. I have a particular interest in the intersection between environmental and financial crime, especially in the context of climate change. Today, I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast, Mark Jessel, Chief System Integrity Officer with the Forest Stewardship Council, otherwise known as the FSC. For those unfamiliar with the FSC, it certifies that forests and hence the wood source from those forests are managed to strict environmental, social and economic standards. More than 200 million hectares of forest are managed to FSC standards around the world. And the FSC is the most trusted forestry certifier yet only certifies approximately 6% of the forests, world's forests. These statistics raise many questions, but more of that later. Mark, good morning. Good morning, and thanks for having me, Carol. Pleasure. Firstly, Mark, would you please explain to our audience the origin and purpose of the FSC, what the FSC does in its certification process, and how this helps identify that wood is sourced from sustainably managed forests, and then about your role. So FSC was set up on the back of the Rio Earth Summit back in 1993, um, and it was created um, with, as a stated purpose, to promote the responsible management of forests globally. So we are a membership-based, multi-stakeholder organization. Um, We are based in Bonn, Germany. Um, And the core mechanism through which we achieve that objective of promoting responsible management of forests is through certification. Um, And we we certify um, different Um, aspects um, of uh, forest management and the activities that emerge from forest management. Um, 
so we have a forest management certificate, suite of certificates, we have chain of custody certificates, and we have controlled wood certificates. Those are the core certificates that we, um, that we provide. My role as Chief System Integrity Officer is really to ensure that, um, first and foremost, there are no false claims within the system. Um, there are no violations of our standard, in other words. So I oversee um, investigations, transaction verification loops, integrity investigations around the world to ensure that basically what you get on your certificate um, is in line with uh, the norms and standards of, of the FSC. I also look after another aspect of system integrity, which is what we call dispute uh, management. And this is fundamentally about um, handling um, any uh, complaints around our system um, or indeed investigating any violations of our policy for association. Um, which I'll be happy to say a bit more about later on. Mark, thank you very much. That's uh, huge. It's all encompassing. It's uh, um, you do have a lot on your plate um, as a result of that, even though you cover um, yet yeah, only 6% uh, of the world's forests. In a previous uh, exchange between us, you mentioned that the FSC um, certified that uh, what's it that um, uh, less than six percent of the world's forests um, and um, in which areas of the world do you provide certification of timber and how does this help reduce unsustainable logging in those areas so our um, certified uh, forests uh, are found pretty much in every every part of the world. I mean, I would say that there are certain countries um, where um, you will find, you know, a high concentration of certified forests and other countries where you would have many more chain of custody certificates. Um, the country in the world where we have by far the largest number of chain of custody certificates is China. Um, the, the country in the world where up until recently, the most recent events, we had the largest um, hectareage of um, forest management certificates was Russia. Um, there are big concentrations um, of uh, uh, certified forest in, uh, in the Americas and, uh, and in Africa to a somewhat lesser extent, but particularly in the Congo Basin. And of course, uh, in, in parts of, of Asia, um, uh, we also have big concentrations of, of certified forests. So how does it contribute towards um, the reduction of risks around illegal logging? Well, I think it's important to state that, you know, we don't claim to be the, the sole um, actor in this field. Um, at the end of the day, FSC is a voluntary scheme. Um, but it does have certain uh, features which um, certainly play a meaningful role in, in reducing the risk uh, of, of illegal logging. I mentioned the policy for association, um, uh, which is a very unique feature of FSC. This is a um, set of six unacceptable activities to FSC. One of those is, de is, is deforestation. What it means is that any company that is certified by FSC 
signs up to the policy for association and by signing up to that policy for association um, accepts that it cannot, it or any of the companies that it is associated with um, has a controlling stake over, cannot be involved in illegal logging. So illegal logging is proscribed, <coughs> excuse me, by uh, FSC um, through the, um, <coughs> excuse me, the policy for association. In addition to that, we have um, uh, all of our standards are very, very clear in ensuring that uh, certificate holders have to comply with the laws of the land. Um, so uh, in a sense, um, we are both um, uh, verifying that companies are in line, are operating in line with the policy for association, and also through our certifying bodies, ensuring that companies <clears throat> do not violate um, uh, laws of, of the land with regards to, to deforestation. That's um, really all encompassing if you think about it from um, source to end user. And uh, that, that helps to track timber through the supply chain. Um, what I have been led to believe is that um, due to illegal logging, um, there is a um, often a mixing of timber between uh, that had been sourced from uh, those plantations which have the necessary permits and potentially, and then those that um, are sourced from nearby forests where there aren't permits to um, extract timber. Um, uh, this is uh, something that I find very interesting, yet it is very difficult to manage. And if you're uh, transporting timber and you're receiving that timber um, as part of the whole supply chain, that becomes a real challenge in terms of certification or verifying where that timber has come from. So indeed, we, we do certify what we call controlled wood. So this is wood coming from non-certified sources. Um, and the way in which we um, uh, provide uh, an assurance uh, that these um, uh, that the wood coming from these uncertified sources um, it does not contribute towards either conversion or, or deforestation or the destruction of higher conservation values is is through um, uh, national risk assessments. So these risk assessments are developed by uh, working groups, uh, normally within the country, uh, endorsed uh, by FSC International, um, and they are um, very specific in identifying the risk areas um, that a certifying body needs to be aware of. Um, and when a certifying body conducts an audit, it will be seeking to ensure that the certificate holder is compliant with that uh, national risk assessment. Um, so it's a very different kind of uh, approach uh, towards monitoring. It's very risk-based, um, and it's a different set of um, 
yeah, I mean, it's a different approach uh, conducted by the certifying bodies, but it does enable us to um, uh, meet the, the demand for certified uh, FSC wood. Um, and um, through the risk-based uh, approach enables us to uh, ensure that these kind of violations in terms of, of deforestation um, are, um, are, are not carried out. Where they do carry, carry out, and of course, this is sort of within my, my scope of system integrity, um, obviously, you know, investigations are conducted. By and large, it is a tool um, that is um, overall fit for purpose. Well, thank you um, for explaining that. And uh, I mentioned, uh, well, you, you mentioned uh, that you undertake uh, national risk assessments uh, to make sure that uh, the organizations that are providing wood operate within the national laws, meet your um, policy of association, etc. Um, what are the other challenges that you've come across to address illegal logging or deforestation? Um, because there's often a lot of complicity by local officials, government officials, etc., to bypass the uh, normal channels of uh, obtaining um, certification, but also authorization to um, extract timber from forests? Yeah, there are a whole range of different scenarios. Um, I mean, the one, one scenario which um, has certainly come to our attention uh, relatively recently is um, loopholes really being exploited by um, uh, by certificate holders, and that's often loopholes in national legislation. Um, just to give the example of of, of Russia, um, in, in in Russia, there has been um, an investigation around sanitary fellings. Um, so we know that globally there is um, there's been a real kind of increase in um, uh, wood designated as 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 salvage logging or sanitary logging, which has either been affected by fires, by other sort of natural. Um, calamities or, or by disease like bark beetle that we're seeing a lot here in, in Europe. And um, what it's translated into is, is uh, in some countries where the legislation is not tight enough, um, uh, certain certificate holders um, claiming that wood um, is, uh, is classified as sanitary felled wood, uh, a, sanitary, a sanitary timber, whereas in actual fact it really is not. Um, and then there you are indeed contributing, you know, if you're allowing that to pass, you're contributing to, uh, to deforestation. Um, so those, those loopholes um, uh, need to be monitored. And of course, we, uh, our job then is to ensure through our engagement with stakeholders um, that, that there's awareness raised about these loopholes and that they, they can then be, you know, uh, plugged, uh, addressed uh, by the countries themselves. Um, or if need be, you know, we have to um, actually go for a much, much um, sort of uh, more assertive approach, let's say, uh, for example, in one of the regions of Russia, this is all before the, the, the current Ukraine um, 
war, uh, we introduced a moratorium on, on all sanitary felled wood from a particular province uh, in a particular region in Russia um, until we could assure ourselves that um, the conditions were in place to ensure that a, a, a phytosanitary certificate was, was actually bona fide. And then you're mentioning Russia just now, but from my own understanding, the large areas of a natural tropical rainforest that are subject to illegal logging or deforestation tend to be the Amazon basin, Central Africa. You mentioned earlier the Democratic Republic of Congo, but there are all sorts of a there are all range of countries around there that. Um, are exporting timber, etc. And you've also got Southeast Asia, um, Solomon Islands, Papua New Guinea, Indonesia, um, the uh, island of Borneo, the uh, Sarawak um, for, um, for Malaysia, etc. And uh, there are all sorts of um, illicit activities, bribing corruption, um, bribery to obtain necessary certification, etc. So what are you seeing on the ground in those areas and which jurisdictions of the world do you see that licenses are being approved under questionable circumstances and to what extent do you have people on the ground being able to um, assess those uh, those activities so the way in which we go about assessing those activities is through quite a, um, and I say probably quite a complex um, system um, that relies on a number of different um, uh, actors. The, the most important uh, kind of grouping of, um, of operators in terms of, uh, of upholding system integrity are the certifying bodies themselves. So those are the organizations that very much are on the ground um, and who are responsible for conducting audits of certificate holders. Monitoring the, the, the certifying bodies and accrediting them is um, our assurance and accreditation partner, Assurance Services International, otherwise known as ASI, um, and they are um, uh, acting on our behalf as the sort of accreditation um, uh, entity, uh, who also have assessors that are, are scattered across the world. Uh, my team is mostly based in Bonn, uh, although because of the um, the prevalence or the the importance um, of 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 China, uh, we do we do have two colleagues who are based in China and who enable us to to, to monitor um, uh, issues there. Um, the kind of different. Um, I mean, patterns, I suppose, around the world, um, they, they differ. I gave you one example as far as the, the sort of sanitary fellings were concerned. Um, another uh, sort of um, scenario that we see um, in the Amazon, uh, for example, is what you call inventory fraud. Um, where there are illicit payments be pay made between um, 
an, a non-certified forest management unit and a certified forest management unit, which enables them to um, uh, launder their wood through through with an FSC label. Um, so this inventory fraud is obviously something that we we monitor uh, carefully and and, and we um, we investigate uh, in countries where. Uh, we deem it to be a risk. And, and, and talking about risk, I think it's important, Carol, just for, for me to um, update listeners on the fact that because we have grown quite significantly, we, we have around 50,000 certificates globally, we're now at a stage where we really do need to be um, uh, much more risk uh based much more uh, that we tailor our our treatment of uh, certificate holders to the level of risk that comes with them. So we're moving, you know, we're introducing a risk-based interventions model, which essentially um, is a model that uses uh, data, historical data from within FSC, as well as uh, data sets uh, that are, um, you know, globally recognized, for example, from the Corruption Perceptions Index, that if you mix those sort of data sets together um, and apply a kind of data science approach to them, you, you, you are able to, and we are developing the first iteration of a, of a model that gives us uh, a risk score per certificate holder. And that in turn then um, has a, will have in the future an impact on how we uh, treat each certificate holder with implications for the certifying bodies out there in the field. Oh, that's that's fascinating that you're going to this risk-based model. It, um, I come from a banking background where, you know, again, you look at a risk-based approach when you look at customers, transactions, um, flows of, of funds, um, etc. And thinking about the, um, the, the transport of uh, timber worldwide, um, you know, it's, um, it all depends very much on an international logistics and financial system to one, transport the commodity from source to processor and ultimately to market, and two, to finance and ensure uh, the timber during that journey. Um, timber companies shipping both legal and illegal timber have repeatedly been used as fronts for concealing illegal wildlife products as well. You know, there, there is a real linkage between illegal logging and the illegal wildlife trade. Um, many uh, ecosystems are being destroyed in the tropical rainforests as a result of illegal logging. And as a result, um, the wildlife that depends on that is also being severely impacted. Commingling of legal timber with illegal wildlife products also presents considerable challenges in terms of identifying whether the trade of flora and fauna is le legitimate. Um, what would you recommend that logistics firms, insurers and banks do to ensure that they're not unwittingly involved in transporting, insuring and financing timber that has been sourced illegally or under questionable contracts and the potential fines and reputation damage to their business that could result? And to what extent could they use the FSC certification process and certifications um, to minimize this risk? So I, I think, you know, the first thing to say is that um, as a scheme, we've never campaigned for green lanes for FSC labeled products. Um, we don't think that that's appropriate. It would send the wrong message. 
And um, we uh, strongly encourage companies that, that are in the wood trading business to put in place very robust due diligence systems, um, their own due diligence systems. Um, and um, uh, we feel that if you uh, combine a, a good due diligence system with FSC certification, then you can begin to give yourself a, you know, an assurance that um, that that um, you are able to um, uh, to trade in timber that comes from legitimate sources, and you're able to, uh, you know, assure the integrity of the supply chain. Um, so, I mean. You know, companies uh, that are uh, certainly, you know, exporting wood um, from, you know, from from the source um, through supply chains to a final, uh, you know, a final um, uh, outlet. We would certainly, um, uh, yeah, encourage them and invite them uh, to, if they're not already, um, go for chain of custody uh, certification, um, and. I think, you know, if you're in the shipping business, then it may indeed be attractive to think of uh, using FSC certification as an additional um, uh, layer of insurance um, against the risk that you are somehow complicit in um, illegally uh, trading um or in, in trading wood that comes from illegal sources, that's the product of deforestation. Mark, thank you so much for your time today. This has been a really fascinating discussion and a really important topic um, because deforestation, illegal logging, its impact on climate change, and also how you, the FSC, are helping to manage forests sustainably is helping to reduce climate change. And um, this is just such a high um, a topic uh, on the uh, agenda of the United Nations, the world's governments, etc., on how we um, have to manage um, our uh, uh, our economies and reduce the uh, um, the emission of um, CO two um, into the atmosphere. Thanks very much indeed for uh, this opportunity. Pleasure to, to, to talk. Thank you for listening to the latest Themis podcast. We hope you found it interesting and informative. If you would like to find out more about Themis, get in touch with us via our website, www.crime.financial. You can also subscribe for future news and interviews. 